cliffcentral.com And we live. Thank you guys for joining us. I'm your host, Khonse, and you tuned to Property Hour with Khonse. <coughs> and I've got two amazing guests with me. For those of you who don't know, my day-to-day job is actually as a property advisor. And today I've got my colleagues who are going to introduce themselves and they're going to tell you what they do. Hi, um, my name is Leslie. So I work with Khonse at the Hyde Park office. Um, we work for a company called Engel & Falkers. I'm sure a lot of you people have heard of them. Um, we're an international brand originating out of Germany, uh, but we've grown massively in the in the past years, and we're now operating in over 700 locations, uh, 32 countries. We have over 8,500 employees, so it's, it's a massive organization. Um, yeah, we do properties in those areas. I handle the Melrose area. Melrose Arch, Melrose North, Melrose Estate. Um, and yeah, I'm here with James. Yeah, good morning. I'm James. Um, also, obviously, with Engel and Falkers. Um, with regards to what I do, I've been in the sales industry for pretty much my entire career. And uh, obviously, the natural progression to property was as a facilitator and somebody to handle um, deliver the service that people require and basically uh, create a seamless transition between the selling or buying of a property, which is your biggest um, purchase in a lifetime. Yeah, man. Um, guys, I do the Marvel area because you guys know I'm so nice and vibey. <laughs> Marvel is my area. <laughs> and yeah, that's where I sell. And it's so hard being a property advisor. I mean, people think that all we have to do is just find someone who wants to sell their house. We go there, we sell it, and then that's it. It's done. They don't know that there's actually a long process. Can you guys also tell me about the process that happens behind it? Well, I think, um, I mean, from the get-go, once the uh, buyer or seller has decided to buy or sell, the mm. opportunity um, for the sales advisor to step in then takes place. The idea behind that is to, again, as I mentioned, to make it a seamless transition. From the get-go is to obviously establish the buyer's needs, the seller's needs, what they want to achieve out of the sale of their property. It obviously, with the correct guidance and experience and professionalism, we are able to give an accurate um, valuation on the property, an indication, and this is derived from sourcing information from previous sales in the market um, of similar size, similar uh, values. And so from there, we then enter into the selling or buying negotiation process where we then market and list the house correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, and our marketing is essentially our biggest strength. We're internationally recognized as well. So those properties with exclusive mandates are actually advertised internationally as well. Mm-hmm. And essentially from there, yeah, ma- handling and managing the situation and making the client feel at ease with what they're doing. You, We represent both the buyer and the seller. The concept behind that is obviously that we – will negotiate a deal that is comfortable for each individual. A lot of people get a misconception about what a salesperson is mm. or a property agent and that they're um, not acting in their best interest when in actual fact it's the direct opposite. No deal is structured where one person would be unhappy. So to facilitate both and put the buyer and seller in touch with each other would be able to get to a point where seller's happy, buyer's happy, and we can negotiate the deal and sign and take the... The effort out of um, or uh, opening their homes up to um, when when doing a private property deal, 
that we can secure and look after them. And make our commission. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you always have to make yeah. money. <laughs> and then Les, um, yeah, sure. I want you to tell me, right, mm-hmm. what is the importance of a property advisor? Like, why do they need us? Well, I mean, like a lot of what James was saying, mm. and, you know, just to kind of sum it up into a one-liner, I mean, we streamline the process, you know. People don't realize all that's involved in buying or selling a home. You know, we're not it, on a day-to-day basis, if I'm selling or buying a property, I'm not a professional by any means. I don't know what's happening in the market. Mm. I don't know what's happening in terms of currency, um, in terms of lending from, from banks and stuff like that. And that's where, you know, a sales advisor comes in. Mm. So they're able to offer that advice. They're able to streamline the process. Uh, they just make it very simple. There's a lot of paperwork involved. There's a lot of different parties from attorneys mm. to the bonds and all of that kind of stuff. And that's where we come in. So we, we just streamline the process. I think that's the easiest way to put it. A lot of what we do as well is just highlighting um, the small print of the sale and ensuring that <clears throat> any defects of property are disclosed. Yeah. The buyer knows exactly what he's getting himself into. The seller obviously play is transparent in that. And we, we are able to derive that and draw that information based on our experience when dealing with clients. With regards, what we offer as a property agent is obviously the better ex- better access to information with regards what what is happening in the market, but yeah. also the more convenience supply, uh, giving the convenience to the to the buyer or the seller. Exactly. Um, yeah, essentially that sums up that aspect of it. No, definitely. All right, um, guys, don't go anywhere. Stay tuned right here on Property Hour with Jose. And before we go into playing our next song, which is going to be Wale. Um, Lotus Flower Bomb I love the song So guys You can WhatsApp me Okay Hit me up on 079-748-2090 As well as on Twitter And at CliffCentral.com And Khunzi At The Goon Man Hit us up <laughs> Baby this was for you For you all right, and we're back, Property Hour with Khonsi, with my two amazing studio guests, James and Leslie. So while we were off air and Wale was busy playing in the background, we're asking the sound engineer here, Palissa. So I'm speaking to Palissa and I'm asking her, what do you think of property? What do you think about the show? And she's just telling me, well, I think property is... Sh- the conversation is just too deep And I'm like how? You're a young adult You need to know that right now You should be actually working at your first property Why are you not doing that? So we're going to touch base on that guys We're going to talk about why the young adults of today Have nothing um, They don't know anything about the property um, industry And how they can actually go into ge- um, getting their first property mm. Yeah I mean look when we look at property itself Mm. and like we were saying in the break you know james was mentioning how it's it's one asset that appreciates and uh in our jobs we get exposed to a lot so we see a lot of young people who are actually purchasing property now and i don't think that was a trend in the past but still we're nowhere near where we should be Mm. um i think when people start working they have a lot of other priorities you know um we look at helping out at home. We look at buying our first car. We, you know, we're so excited to get our first place that we can rent and we get caught up in a cycle. And the more time that goes by, you have so many other financial commitments. You never get around to actually purchasing that property or you do it when it's actually too late. Mm. And you see the trend, even when people retire, they're not financially prepared, you know, to retire. And that's why you have to work into this old age. <clears throat> so we need people to start early, you know, purchase your first apartment, take the, take the, take the jump, take the leap. Um, it's always easier to do it when you first start working as opposed to 20 years after working, you got a lot of financial commitments. And I think that people have to get their mind rights. Their, their parents need to educate the kids and, 
and let them know that that's the way to put to to grow their money. Mm, definitely. And you, James? Well, I mean. Look, I mean, my my position on that, or my opinion on that, and obviously I was at school before you were born, Contessa. <laughs> <laughs> but what I, what I found the shortcomings in terms of education in this country, and that's across the board, mm-hmm. is that children, as they're getting into adolescence, are not prepared for what's going to happen after school. In terms of what is required to accumulate wealth, yeah, how you right. would go about mm. doing it, people get involved in jobs. The first thing they want to do is buy a car. Cars are by far the most depreciating asset you could possibly ever buy. Mm. Um, and I was involved in that industry for many, many years. So where I feel as though things could be improved, and this is obviously outside of it, it's a subject that is very broad, but an opportunity for parents and educators mm. to start Channeling people's energies into where they're going to establish themselves financially. Buying and selling properties doesn't have to be a big property. It can be a small apartment. Mm. You know, you sit on that property for a couple of years. You will get a return on your investment. It allows you to develop more money, capital um, to invest back into properties. So you're keeping your um, bond rates down, Mm. well, uh, your installments, Mm. and slowly, slowly build your property portfolio up where you've bought and sold three or four properties and eventually get to a position where you are predominantly a cash buyer. Mm. Mm. But as I say, I mean, kids and and I think the greatest society in South Africa is very much um, status-orientated where guys will preferably have a big expensive car as a expression of how well they're doing. Whereas money in bricks is where you're getting your money. Um, mm. And I think, yeah, you know, channeling that information through to young, uh, young business people, young entrepreneurs, people who are leaving school, getting into business for the first time, that that's where they should be spending their money. Do you guys think that it's happening only in South Africa? Because, I mean, <clears throat> let's be honest, when we look at the European side, everyone that side is wealthy because they know about the property life. Having having spent some time in Europe and uh, mm. understanding their educational process, particularly, I mean, well, more outside of the UK, the people in um, Holland and the Scandinavian countries, their education process is far different to ours. Mm. And, you know, these children or uh, young adults are leaving school in a much more prepared uh, manner in terms of tackling business and where their values are, are going to be in terms of investments. Mm. Whereas... Here, hopefully that trend will increase. But as I say, I mean, mm. I was in school a long time ago, so <laughs> things may have improved since then. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think you're right. It is a lot of it is down to education. I mean, yeah. That's why you know we look at a lot of great initiatives like bring a, a boy to work, and and we look at entrepreneurs doing internships, and we're, we're trying to pass on that education. And I think it needs to to grow a bit more. We're we're still a little bit behind in that respect, but we will get there. And I think um, that's definitely where it's going to start. We need to start with the youth. We need to plant the seeds so that they know that this is where they need to be. And it's never too early to start. I mean, hopefully we get to a point where, you know, everybody leaving school owns at least one little Mm. property and and not focusing on a car, not focusing Mm. on the expensive clothes or the lifestyle. So I think an interesting discussion that we'll obviously, this would naturally progress into um, is what is salesmanship? What is the, uh, what, what do you True. need to mm. get involved in, I mean, getting back to our business and moving away from the educational aspect mm. of it, but getting involved in what, what's required to become an efficient professional salesperson, which is, in my opinion, a very unrecognized or, um, 
profession in this country. Mm. I think the misconception of a lot of people is that salespeople are underhanded. Mm. They only looking after their best interests, mm. make a quick deal, not mm. look after the client. Um, so yeah, we we can sort of discuss that in further. I'm sure as we progress into yeah. that. Definitely. And Les, also knowing that you, you worked internationally yeah. as well, mm. can you um, school us and let yeah, us sure. know how different it is as a property advisor that side and in South Africa? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I spent a few years, you know, more recently in Dubai. Mm. Uh, we were selling hotels in Dubai, the mm. company I worked for. And when I just break it down again to a simple thing, you know, obviously you need to have um, certain licensing for mm. you to be able to trade in property in a, in a country. So when I first got to Dubai, I had to do a, a legal course almost. But the process from start to finish was like a two-week course. Mm. So you sit in a course for two weeks, you write an exam, you pass, there you go, you get your qualification and off you go, you, you're, you're free to trade property in Dubai. In South Africa, when we look at the equivalent, it's very, very different. I mean, the EAB has quite a lengthy process. You mm. look at the first year just being the logbook, mm. after that having to submit, write the exams, and it's quite a long process to qualify um, to do property in, in South Africa. So I think that could also, you know, put people off. But I'm sure, we, we you know, these processes will get streamlined mm. in time. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, you know, going through that process obviously is a great foundation and it's required in terms mm. of all the legalities around selling a property. Of course. Mm. The... Uh, once that process is in place, I mean, the, the knowledge that you pick up on, on selling a, a value is essentially not only about the marketing, mm. the sales process, the negotiation, but more importantly, the entire idea revolves around the legalities mm. of that deal. Mm. So you'll pick up enough information that will stand you in good stead that you can look at a legal document, get a fair idea of how to protect both parties as well as yourself. Of course. Correct information supplied. Mm. And and signed off and that everybody's in a comfortable position because nobody wants to land in litigation, certainly not over a property. Of no. course. Mm. Yeah, look, I mean, and on that aspect, I mean, when we look at the EAB and the process that they have put in place, you know, like James was saying, there's nothing like on-the-job training. So even when you are gathering all that information in your first year of property sales, you learn mm. more than any classroom could ever teach you. So from that aspect, I think, you know, it's, it is a fantastic program. And I think another thing about it, though, is that people just don't know. People aren't really educated about what's happening and how to get involved mm. in property. So I would like to touch on that as well and try and educate them and let them know that it is a career that they can actually get into and get involved in. Please. Yeah, yeah and I mean... Let's say an, an opportunity for somebody who would want to get into the property business if they're in a non-academic or for all the ADD kids out there. <laughs> that uh, This process of getting a, securing your real estate license is not an intensive studying process. It's yeah. a mm. practical on-the-job training. Mm. It requires writing an exam at the end of it, but having followed your logbook, going through the process as an intern, by the time mm. you arrive at signing, uh, going to write that exam, you're 100% prepared. There's nothing that would trip you up. And it offers kids and uh, young adults opportunities that if they're not sure what they want to do, but they have a feeling that they're comfortable around people, that they can quickly acclimatize to different situations and, and are comfortable in that position, then sales is definitely uh, a direction that they can look at doing. Where and, and again, I go back to the education aspect of that is that that is not instilled in kids. It's either mm. you're going to be this at university, you've got to do that. If you don't do that, you're limiting yourself. 
whereas entrepreneurship is not um, uh, promoted Correct, and yeah. and recognized essentially mm. look i mean how i fell into property guys i have no idea mm. i mean i studied media majored in radio that was like my life mm. and then this opportunity happened and i was like oh my gosh lots of money i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna be so rich and then i was completely wrong because it's such a long process i mean there are advantages and disadvantages can we talk about that like yeah. i mean going and waiting for like three months before you actually make your first money from a sale that you've been working on for like the past eight months yes can we talk about that? Yeah, sure. I mean, when we look at the advantages as, mm. and disadvantages, as you put them, of being in the industry, I mean, you have two sides to every coin. So you do have the the possibility to make huge amounts of money. Lots like of in, money. Like in any sales job. I mean, you, yeah. you literally can write your own check. Uh, so you can make And six, rightly so. And yeah. rightly so. Well deserved. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, on the flip side of that, it does take a bit of time. I mean, mm. you want to build your name. You want to do things right. Like mm. James was saying when we talked about the processes, you want to make sure that you're covering everybody who's mm. involved. The seller, the buyer, yourself, the company, everything. Mm. And that does take time. So from listing to sale, it can take you about six months to mm. actually close your first deal. Mm. And I think that could be a disadvantage because you are essentially in your own business and you're not earning an income for that six months. So it is something you need to be prepared for. But having do, I mean, obviously following that process and understanding that you're, you're not entering it with blinkers. Mm. If you manage to sell a property within your first couple of months of doing it, um, great. Yeah. Um, certainly gets you, thrown you in the deep end and, and gets you to an understanding of what, how to move forward with mm. it. But I think, with the time spent um, in that process of building up your marketing, so there's so many aspects about this business. It's not only about the legalities. It's not only about the negotiation. It's not only about putting the buyers and seller together. It's about establishing the brand which for which you work for, but also your own brand so that you're recognized with that, with that brand. You're associated with them as a brand ambassador, but you then, whether you're using social media uh, marketing tools, advertising boards, you're basically establishing yourself in the area that you're operating in, but by establishing your brand as an individual, honesty, integrity, uh, transparency, these are the things that make successful salespeople. Mm. And you will learn that as you go along, that say it how it is, deal with people openly, ex uh, explain every aspect of what you're doing, and by doing that, you establish trust. Yeah. The property will sell itself. Mm. It's either going to, somebody's going to like it or they're not going to like it. It might be an emotional attachment to what they're buying or an investment aspect. But that property is going to sell itself based on what it's going to offer, whether it's a four-bedroom, three-bedroom, whatever the criteria of the buyer is. The process is then done and accelerated and moved forward by, the, by that buyer or seller buying into the concept of you. Mm. And that's where the most important aspect of this mm. business is that the concept of I can. I feel comfortable with this guy. I can trust this person. Yeah, I want to move forward yeah. with him. And once you've done that, and that that takes a couple of years, but once you've done that, then your referral and repeat business is uh, like a machine that's yeah. working mm. for you. Yeah, you can concentrate on getting a new business. And and that's why when you know when we talk about lots making lots of money, people who are good at what they do, we don't. I don't sit and say you know if a director of um, large mining company sitting here and says he makes a lot of money. Nobody looks and goes, oh, well, he doesn't deserve that. But yeah. when salespeople talk about it, it's almost like a, a thorn in somebody's side going, oh, well, he's made so much money and he ripped me off and yeah. look how much money this guy's making yeah. out of one deal. But it's a job. 
You've and worked it's a for profession. It. Yeah. And you've worked for it. And you've followed the process. And more importantly, you've sold yourself. And mm-hmm. that's the most important aspect of this property business, in my opinion. But just on what you were saying there, I think another big advantage is obviously have getting to deal with different people, building that reputation, the excitement mm-hmm. in the job. You know, people don't understand the excitement and this goes in terms of sales but mm. specifically in property you know when you when you're dealing with individuals when you close your first deal when you get that first paycheck there's nothing like it man yes. the excitement and it happens mm. every time you know you might think it only on your first deal you'd be excited but i promise you your 250th deal is just as exciting when you when you put that together when you've put mm. in the work it's fantastic and uh I think being associated with a brand like England Four, because I, would, I wouldn't want to be with any other brand, seriously. Yeah, it's the best. So we're going to come back and touch base on that, especially about the whole emotional attachment with the clients and them not wanting to sell their homes for a certain amount when we know very well that it only deserves to be sold for that much. I really want us to touch um, on that. So, guys, we're going to play you a song, one of my favorite songs as well, Asha No Limit. And, yeah, I'll see you after this song. Just know when you're rolling it like me, there's no limit, baby. And we back on Property Hour with Jose. Guys, please don't forget to WhatsApp us, uh, 079-748-2090. Any questions you have about property, anything you think you need help with, we're here to answer your questions. So, guys, going back to our conversation before we played um, Asha No Limits, I want us to talk more about the EMV brand and why we stand out from the rest and why people should actually use us and no one else. Well, look... Um EMV has established itself in the market for many years and stay in fact was established in 1987. Mm. It's positioned itself firmly as uh, a premium uh, premium brand. Mm. So being associated with a brand like that um, and they're not only dealing in residential properties but aviation as well as marine, yachts, luxury boats, pretty much anything within the premium market. Mm. So ENV, um, having arrived in South Africa, I think now to establish itself within that market uh, spectrum and just make ourselves more recognized in terms of offering a better service offering than what's out there. I think the level of, has improved significantly in the country, but I think what, what our target is is just to escalate that to the highest level possible. To be associated, I mean, to work for a brand like that, you do, people use the word passion, but it is you you do become aligned with it where you become so engrossed in it you believe in what you're doing you you're confident to promote the brand you're confident to believe in it mm. and that essentially also ingratiates the client to you because mm. they can sense your confidence they sense your belief in what you're doing and certainly with the brand association with it um you know speaking from where we are we're in the Hyde Park area uh where our offices are I look after Hyde Park and Craig Hall Park um, and the licensed uh, owner for, for for which we work, Scott Farrow, has got an abundance of experience mm. in sales and marketing. He's a marketing guru, in my opinion, and has really taken an aggressive approach to buying up licenses in the prime areas and will use that experience to impart it onto the uh, property advisors, be it uh, for property buy, uh, purchasing or rentals, mm. whereby uh, we want to really take over the market. When you think about buying a property, you think about England Focus. Yeah. When you're thinking yes. about an area to buy in a property, you think about the agents that representing that area. And with the marketing rollout, what's planned for the beginning of the year, um, I mean, we're just going to be taking on every aspect of marketing that we can 
and obviously backing it up with our service offering. Um, a lot of guys are on intensive training at the moment because we are essentially quite new within those areas yeah. where those licenses have been bought. But um, that doesn't mean that we lack experience or the drive to to take it forward. And yeah, then I think right. collectively mm. amongst the people in that office, there's a couple of hundred years of sales experience, mm. marketing capabilities, and and that that offering that we we're aiming to achieve within the Engelman Focus brand. Mm. Yeah, I mean. Like James was saying, you know, just with the backing of a well-established brand like Engelman Forkers uh, worldwide, I mean, the footprint, some of the numbers I threw out earlier on, I don't know if the listeners were were paying attention, but when you look at being in over 700 locations, mm. so, you know, when we talk about the licenses and the, and the areas we deal with here in South Africa… It's like a drop in the ocean. Your property goes goes up with one of our consultants here in Hyde Park, but we advertise that in over 700 locations worldwide. So you can think about that. I mean, the exposure is second to none. And uh, that's probably one of the biggest draws as why you should be dealing with Engel and Forkers in the first place, you know, just our, our footprint. And, I mean, just touching on that, and I think um, something that we're uh, predominantly p- promoting and trying to get, get market share on is exclusive mandating. Yeah. Mm. You know, a lot of buyers or sellers, well, particularly sellers, have got this concept about a mandate, and I think that they feel limited by giving yeah, one definitely. mandate to a particular agent. Mm. But that's not the case. With an exclusive mandate, you're essentially giving an opportunity to a to England Forkers and to that relevant agent the sole opportunity to market this product, to get it out there, maximum exposure, but exclusivity. Of course, yeah. So, you know, to sign an exclusive mandate with England Forkers, the follow through and the, the guarantees that are in place um, from the onset when you're signing that mandate, I mean, that legal document gives all the information that the that the seller needs um, with regards, I mean, to the smallest things like when you will be um, followed up after mm. show houses, the way the show house is marketed, to make it, to individualize it. If it is an apartment where you know the criteria is essentially would be an investment product or tackling a younger market, we will then uh, address it in that way and mm. market it correctly. Make it, yeah, within, mm. I mean, and then, you know, in the high-end homes, mid to high-end homes, there is opportunities to to sell the investment aspect of it is always there, but also the concept of the dream. You know, you you buying it's it's that person's castle, it's that yes. person's opportunity to raise a family, yeah. mm. to uh, create a an entire life uh, around that property, and that's where the marketing speciality comes in, where you actually looking at this whole process. Gauging, getting a gauge, getting a feel for the home and how you're going to promote it and, and exclusive mandates are by far the most effective way of selling a home. Yeah. And with those, I mean, when you talk here of homes of 80 to 100 million rand, the, the market in this country in that, in that segment is smaller than what you'd achieve internationally, but would be marketed in both markets. So for somebody to spend X amount of euros on a home like that, it first of all brings investment into the country, brings the opportunity for uh, people to bring their business into the country based on the homes that they're buying. But yeah, I think uh, just with the way England Forkers is positioning itself within that um, promoting exclusive mandates on the sale of properties is by far going to be a market-leading strategy. Yeah, and I mean, if you think about the weight that gets thrown behind an exclusive mandate, it's always in the seller's best interest to do that. So I would encourage all sellers out there, please go with an exclusive mandate. 
You don't stand to lose anything. You have everything to gain. And if possible, always choose Engel and Falkers. All right. Um, we've got um, a WhatsApp, actually. It says, Hi, Khonse. My question is, what are the different ways of purchasing property except through your bank? Well, I mean, <laughs> there are not many, uh, not many opportunities apart from being a cash buyer mm. or using the banks. Yeah. Um, those are essentially your channels that mm. you would have to go through. There's no such thing as, uh, you know, people outside of those uh, banking e- entities financing homes. Very mm. few mm. that I know of, if any. Because um, you always have to use your bank, don't you? Well, unless you're a cash buyer. Yeah, unless you're a cash buyer. Yeah. But I feel like every every time you need to use your bank because well, yeah, they know great, how your bank control. is set up. The yeah. security of, of the banks, obviously, mm. I mean, they will come in. If you've initiated the sale, you're happy with the home and you've essentially agreed on the value of the sale. The bank will come in and there is a second stop, essentially, where they come in and they're going to evaluate and they're yeah, going to say, yeah, look, yeah. we're not comfortable to finance this value because it's, uh, it's over equity. Mm. It's an overinvestment on that. And so you do eventually, again, you've got a second stop where you feel guaranteed that what you're buying is market relative. Yeah. So that's important. Yeah. yeah. And that's where the banks, again, uh, offer you that insurance. Mm. Assurance. Okay. And I've got another one here. It says… Um, hi, Khonse. What solution is there in order for people to qualify um, for more than one houses, uh, than cars? Even if it was a low-cost house, I can't drive a one million rand car and not qualify for a low-cost house. Like, what does that mean? What solution is there? So just to rephrase the question, <laughs> yeah. um, she's asking, what is the solution hey. to qualify mm. for more than one property? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, obviously. Then house, uh, then cars, sorry. So, like he's saying, yeah. for more than one property yeah. as compared to cars, because I mean, I can afford a one million rand car, but how come I can't afford a, a house? That's yeah. what he's asking. Well, I mean, obviously, when you look at your lending institutions, they do have extensive criteria mm. when you're talking about sizable purchases. Mm. Um, so we break it down and we say, obviously, there's internal processes that they follow and things that they look at um, in terms of affordability. Everything and all the checks that they're doing are to protect you as the consumer and the, at the end of the day. So mm. the only way I could say you can qualify for more than one property where you might qualify for a car with a house, it's a bit more stringent. I would say just be vigilant or be sorry, more um, vigilant and, and mm. yeah. Save a little bit. Mm-hmm. Make sure you, you check your credit score on a regular basis every couple of months. Um, banks always want to look at somebody who's got a little bit of money in their account. Even if you, you do get a 100% bond, they would prefer if you had at least 10%. Um, and you can always leverage one house when you're trying to – that's if it's an investment property. Mm-hmm. You can always leverage it when you're then purchasing your second property and say, I'm making an additional income on this, which does cover the bond, and therefore I'm looking to purchase a second one. And the banks will look favorably on that kind of um, investment decision. And again, I mean, to go and uh, – to, ho- to have a vehicle that outvalues your home – is by far not the it right way It doesn't make to, sense. No, no definitely <laughs> it not. It doesn't. What you, you, you certainly want to be, um, as we've we've touched on earlier, investing your money mm. into property. Yeah, for sure. And as a young uh, person getting into the market and getting into your first job, to run yourself and have yourself a um, budget where you know what you need to get by on every month, how much you can save, and 
essentially, again, and I know this isn't going to appeal to a lot of people, is not to put the money into the car, um, drive a smaller car, but create your equity in terms of a capital of RAND value. A lot of uh, first-time buyers won't get 100% bonds. So yeah, they where mm-hmm. people get put off or where they feel that, you know, well, they're not going to try again. They're just going to rent because the banks didn't offer them 100% uh, bond. If they've managed their money correctly, the banks can see, okay, he's created some equity here. Uh, we're going to offer him X amount of percentage of the bond. Obviously, then the rest would be balanced up by by a cash deposit. Mm. And these are things, you know, I mean, uh, as an offering uh, to people who are potentially looking to buy, wanting to know the exact criteria of it. Um, they can give us a call at the Hyde Park office. We can spend a bit of time mm. and, and give an indication what needs to be done to move forward. So you're offering that opportunity as a, and certainly us as a brand to start educating people um, or channeling them in the right direction so that they can prepare themselves for what's required to, to buy and sell properties. Yeah, and I think just on that note, James, a bit of education for some of the buyers out there, not necessarily our seasoned buyers, but first-time buyers, always have a deposit. I mean, it, it really it helps you qualify, have, have some money saved up, and also know that there's other costs involved, like transfer costs for the attorneys mm. and things like that. So when somebody says, I didn't qualify, perhaps they just didn't get 100%, which is what they were looking for. Mm. So it's always advisable that you do have a little bit of money for the other costs. And I think that, um, you know, when you're dealing with uh, somebody like Engel and Falkers, when you're potentially in the market for that, that the transparency of the costs that are incurred um, based on on transfer costs, um, all those little bits and bobs that people don't factor into to the sale or or to the purchase, mm. that when they're buying and they think, okay, I'm going to buy this house, and then suddenly they get it, uh, there's all the other costs that come up and they feel as though they've, <laughs> yeah. they yeah. haven't, they've been led down the wrong path, which in actual fact, if the job is done correctly from the get-go, they're, they're aware of that. Yes. The negotiation around the commission is structured, um, and that usually is a percentage plus VAT, and that, that needs to be explained to uh, the seller and the buyer mm. so that they're in a position where they know exactly what they're coming out with as a net value. Yeah, for mm. sure. Um, and that's something that obviously that we pride ourselves on at Engel & Falkers that we will certainly – as I say, have that transparency and um, again with regards to going back to exclusive mandates, with regards to negotiating mm. commissions and that um, you know, you might come in slightly more than uh, what the market average or, or what another agent has offered you, but your service offering is in writing, it's guaranteed, you know that you're going to be 100% up to date, you know exactly the progress of where you are mm-hmm. before a property is listed, you have the opportunity to to go through the advert to make mm. sure that you're happy with the pictures and you sign off and you know and say okay I know that England Falkers is now in charge of what they're doing here and I'm happy with the marketing process that's, that they're doing yeah I mean we're always looking to satisfy them that's our job as England Falkers like to just make everyone satisfied and you happy we happy yeah that's just how it goes so guys I also want to talk about sales and rentals I mean um, a lot of people you were saying earlier Liz that a lot of people actually go out there and rent for like 10 years mm. whereby it's actually advisable to go and just buy instead of unless you do a rent to buy mm. instead of just doing um, rentals your yeah. whole entire five years mm. Can we talk about uh, more about that? Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, the perspective and where I was coming from mm. is just that the sooner you put your money in something, the sooner you own a property, the sooner it's going to start generating a return, okay? Mm. Um, 
rentals most times will be cheaper than having to repay the bond. Don't get me wrong. Um, the bond is going to be a little bit more than your rental yeah. would be uh, for the exact same property. But the sooner you own that property, the sooner you start paying towards the bond, the sooner you're going to finish, the sooner you can possibly rent it out and start generating an income. So you can never start too early, and that's the perspective where I was coming from. Mm. I think that ties in a lot with people who are trying to establish a budget and, and manage their money. So a rental will make sense for yeah. somebody who's who's just started a new mm. job, who's mm. just getting into their, their careers. But again, you know, that gives you the opportunity and certainly with the brand that with England Focus and I keep punting the name, but essentially that, you know, if you got into a situation where we signed a rental deal with you, you then created the relationship with us. We manage those rentals mm. for uh, and look after not only the person who owns the property, mm. but and protect the person who's renting from them. Yeah. But with that business establishment and you then created that relationship, the natural progression then when you are ready to buy, you would stay with the brand. You stay with England Forkers. You know what they, you mm. know where their integrity is. You know how they operate. And then you can say to them, look, I'm very comfortable now. I'm in a position to buy. And you know that the England Forkers brand will then, uh, Help you and uh, manage transition, the transition, yeah. transition yeah. into the actual mm. buying process. Mm. Exactly. And also, I mean, sometimes when people know that I'm a property advisor, I get silly questions mm. like, "What do I ultimately need to earn mm. on a monthly to be able to afford a two million house?" Mm. I never know how to answer that because for me, everything is savings and also your bank. Well, look, I mean, there's no such thing as a silly question. We are there to advise everybody. Yeah, I know that. I know. So you know, somebody who comes in from Mm. that perspective say, you know. In order for me to qualify, what do I need to earn? Mm. You know, we always try and educate. All of these things are available, of course, on my best friend Google. You can always <laughs> check in terms of West Bank, all the big banks, mm. all the big houses have a little calculator, whether you're buying a car or buying a house mm. or you want to check affordability. And they'll kind of guide you around what you need to earn and what your monthly repayments mm. would be. But we're always there to help. And those are, look, with regards though, I mean, if you look at a home that's advertised, you scroll down to the bottom based on the sales uh, value of the home, it'll give you an indicative value of what that bond repayment would be. Yes. Mm. And I use that word indicative. It doesn't encompass uh, some of the other costs that are involved. It gives or you interest indicative rates. interest mm. rate of prime plus one. Mm. Um, so, you know, you've got to then, once you've got an idea, you can then approach the agents or uh, the selling company and they can then sort of narrow it down. But this can, this process can only be accurately given once the bond application has been put into place. Mm. The banks will then decide, depending on your scoring, what sort of interest rate they're prepared to offer you, what percentage of bond they're prepared to offer you, and then you can get an accurate figure of what that bond will um, cost you but the indicative value on the calculator at least puts you in the right position when you say okay I'm buying a house for 3 million rand it's I'm going to be in a bond installment of uh, plus minus 30,000 rand a month Correct, yeah. you mm. you have an idea and say okay well I'm I'm not going to qualify for that mm. um, and that's how you start the process of whittling it down and going okay I can afford X amount of money mm. and and moving forward from there but on that I mean I would always advise again that buyers need to, you know, first-time buyers as well, they need to come in and they need to do sort of like a pre-approval with their banks and know where they stand. Mm. You know, go into your bank, you want to purchase a property, they're more than willing to do a little calculation for you and say, yeah, in principle, you would qualify for for a house of this amount. And at Mm. least you know, you know, you're looking in the right places when you are looking for your home then. 
And it's like going back to what we were talking about um, as the England Focus brand. Um, we believe a lot in home evaluations mm. before selling the home. I mean, can we talk about how necessary it is to actually go and do a home evaluation before you can just put it on the market and say, my home is worth $4 million without even mm. us as, as the property <coughs> advisors coming in and actually doing the home evaluations? So I think, uh, well, definitely in the top five criteria of uh, mm. establishing a sales process with regards, um, obviously, selling your home. The first part of that is to get an accurate value on what mm. that home is worth. Mm. You can only have a value of a home based on square meterage, the market average in the area, what the last five or six houses, houses. ten houses mm-hmm. values were that sold with equivalent size within the area. Yeah. That process needs to be handled correctly from the beginning. There's no point in saying to a guy, okay, you want six million. I think your home is worth six million, but we'll put it up for nine. And see how we go from there. You're creating an expectation that is mm. unachievable. You, With regards to doing this, with regards price counseling and getting somebody to a comfortable position where they get to understand the exact property, the value of their property, you have to take the emotion out of it. It is difficult to True. do that as a seller because you may have so many memories attached yeah, to it and course. your kids have grown up there. Value. So mm. there's sentimental value in it. But once you remove that and you get to the business aspect of it, and that, that, that can only be handled by somebody who has established themselves with the trust relationship that is giving the open and honest advice. And that is something that England Fork is that we certainly going to mm. pride ourselves on, that we don't create an unrealistic expectation. That's right, we don't. That we can market your home, get you the correct value, get you a net value that is is accurate mm. and achievable. Mm. And I think that is by far it's definitely in the top five criteria of once you start marketing a home uh, that that it is correctly valued. Yeah, yeah. it's very important, right? Mm. So yeah, guys, we're gonna play one more song. I know that this is so interesting. I'm even interested. So we're gonna play actually our last song. We out of time, guys. Mm. So we might as well just say goodbye. I didn't even see. It's been great. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Yeah, and again, thank you um, and for the people who are listening and uh, have any questions with regard to England Falkers, where we are in the market, mm-hmm. any questions, we, they're more than welcome to visit our websites, contact us directly, and uh, we'll advise wherever we can. Yes, guys, and you guys can still tweet me if you still have any further questions, and I can give you proper answers. Tweet me at the goon and also on at cliffcentral.com. Yeah, sure, and they can obviously reach us on 011 mm-hmm. 7502 and that's the Hyde Park office. That's 011-100-7502. Yes, that's the Hyde Park office. Thank you guys for listening and hashtag Property Hour with Hunsi. See you again soon. Thanks Bye. for having us. Bye.